The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We thank you for all that you have made us to be in Christ Jesus. We thank you for revealing these truths to us and teaching us and helping us to walk in them so that they will not remain on the pages of our Bible or they will not just be something that our pastor preaches and teaches in church, but that they will be our everyday experience. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. And somebody that is excited to be in the house of God tonight shouted a louder, Amen. Amen. All right. Please help me high five someone to your left, to your right, and say hello, unstoppable. How are you doing? How has your week been? Glory be to God. As I was teaching last week, and particularly as I wrapped up the message, I got this feeling that most people that were listening to me, both here and probably the people that watched online, um, it's as if what I was saying was strange to many people. And in the course of the week, just preparing towards this um, teaching again, God said, revealing to me that many people don't fully understand what we are talking about here yet. Um, generally, the subject of faith and how to live by faith and to overcome in life, and specifically what I was zeroing on, zeroing in on last week about the challenges that come to us from God. Sometimes when you are preaching, you see it in people's face and people's eyes. Then the atmosphere, ah, Pastor, you are preaching heresy. So, God told me to, my, my, origin, my original intention was I will use one Sunday um, to focus on challenges from God. I will use one Sunday to focus on challenges from people. I told you there are three categories of challenges. And I will use one Sunday to focus on challenges from the devil. And God said, hmm, the, the one from me, <laughs> they don't even get it yet. So, I, I'm going to backpedal. And, in fact, I'm beginning to see that's the main one we should even focus on. Um, God started giving me something that I can liken to the Pareto Principle. How many of us have heard of Pareto Principle? The 80-20 rule in life. And what they are saying is that, um, in fact, I, I made sure I googled it so I can define it accurately. Um, it's also called the law of the vital few. And that in most cases or in most events or in most situations in life, um, the 80% of the effect of what happens comes from 20% of the causes. So people apply that in, in, in different places. You may hear people say things like, it's actually 20% of the church that is doing the work. Call a leader's meeting. Maybe it's just about 20% or workers' meeting that will show up. The other people, they are part of the church, oh, but they are not. Or in the area of giving, it's actually just 20% of people that are doing the actual giving. And it's in different things. So, 
of course, it has to be applied um, specifically in different situations. So I, I want to use, because God brought this to my mind as I was preparing. When we talk about you overcoming challenges, we, we've come to that point where we establish that that is a big part of faith. Why could we not cast out the devil? They asked Jesus. Say, because of your faith or because of your unbelief. Um, if you will say to the mountain, mountain there was referring to challenges that face you in life, that your, your faith is to be used to move mountains out of your way so you can move on, to fill up valleys that are facing you, to straighten crooked roads. That's, that's what you use your faith for. So if you are going to live the unstoppable life, which you have, I'm not saying that you already have it. All these things were giving us the moment. That's what Jesus died for us to have. Praise the Lord. And the moment you got born again, it became your portion. Just like the moment any child gets born into any family. Legal birth, a child that you become automatically the heir of whatever that the, the father or the patriarch has. It's yours. You only now need to grow into it. Learn how to live it. Hallelujah. And that's why we are teaching what we are teaching. How do you move out obstacles in your, in your way? Because God is not going to give you a life where there are no obstacles. I think some people try to, they, they think Christianity is like that. Ah, once I'm a Christian, I won't have challenges. No. What the Bible teaches is that it's the opposite, that you will have challenges. You will have challenges. Um, in teaching on the parable of the sower, Jesus said that persecution arose for the world's sake. So the more word you are hearing, the more persecution is brewing for you. It's, that, that's how it is. The good news is that you have overcome, because Jesus has overcome these things. In this world, you will have tribulations. I keep saying that. Stop being shocked. Some people are so shocked to the point of paralysis. They can't even act when trouble shows that they are demot. <laughs> I mean, stop being... You, you train yourself that... Now, I'm not saying you should be praying for trouble. That's another extreme. No. I'm not even saying you should be looking for trouble. No. Somebody say, I'm expecting good news. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Beautiful. But don't say because you're expecting goodness and mercy to follow you. You don't think trouble, um, when trouble shows up, you're now looking confused. That's the extreme some people have gone. So, have right expectations. Mercy and grace is your portion. Goodness is your portion. But when trouble, however, shows up, ah, hey, this is what they've, they've taught me this one. But some people, they are so shocked. Hey, my wife left me. Hey, my child is sick. What to do when those things come up there? They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So pay particular attention to what we are saying. There are broadly three categories of challenges you will face in life. Category one, 
God caused, God allowed, God designed. It's not like God woke up and said, ah, I'm going to give Pastor Inka trouble today. Oh, you know that that's not the kind of father you have. No, that's not what we are saying. We are saying by virtue of the way God created you. I'll show you a few things tonight. The, the fact that, number one, that God made you spirit, soul, and body. That presents challenges to you naturally. Automatically. That you, a spirit, has to live in a physical body. It wasn't Satan that gave you flesh. Oh. And many of us struggle with our flesh. It's not the devil that designed your flesh. That God gave you a soul, mind, will, and emotions. It's the only devil that gave you so. Many people struggle with emotional challenges. So, by virtue of God's makeup, that God called you into the ministry, ah, you will have challenges. It's not Satan that called you into the ministry, it's God that called you. I mean, at the ordination of Apostle Paul, God told tell him he's going to suffer from you. It's not that God wanted Paul to suffer. No, it's not by this assignment I have, that you are going to preach this gospel. In a Roman government era, where everybody's an idol worshiper, there will be challenges. So I'm telling you up front, if, as you're accepting this assignment, there will be challenges. And many of these things are not devil. It's just, the only problem is that, I mean, if Paul wasn't called to the ministry, he wouldn't see those challenges at all. That's what we're talking about here. And the way you use your faith to overcome those kind of challenges is not the same way you use your faith to overcome the challenges that come from people. That's the second category. The fact that you have to deal with people. I mean, we, we, we had leaders meeting last weekend. We, the only way we can run this church, this size, is through small groups. The only way Dr. K can ever fulfill his vision to raise me a supernatural army is to work with people. He has to work with Pastor T. Or somebody, okay, if it's not Pastor T, somebody has to be in this office. And that in itself creates challenges. Once people are involved, hey, there will be challenges. Because we are different. We have different expectations. We have different backgrounds. All those things. There's no devil involved. So if you're the kind of person that anytime there's any sign of change, you're shouting devil, you have missed God by a country mile. Some problems arise because people are involved. That's all. And the way your faith, because it's a challenge, and once they challenge, you have to use faith. The way you now use your faith to overcome people-related challenges is different from the way you use your faith to overcome devil-related challenges or devil-inspired challenges. That's the third category, the one that Satan brought it. This one is just the devil. Temptation. Eat the fruit God told you not to eat. There are some that come from the devil. And the way you deal with devil-related challenges is different from the way you deal with people-related challenges, different from the, one, the way you deal with God-related challenges. But this is the ignorance where people have everything all in a devil. I saw something TDJX put up today. Do you have my video? I mean, I said, TDJX has been listening to my messages. That's my, in the last two weeks, he put up something else that was something I shared in church. So he said, please let me put, I want, I want people to see it in case you are, you, you've not seen it. I, put it. I copied it and I posted it on Instagram. If you have it, wave, let me know. Okay, hey, not this one, the second one. This, this was the previous one. Hey, um, are you blaming the devil for 
things you are doing to yourself. And if you are ignorant about this kind of teaching we are bringing here, that, that's what will happen. Some things are not the devil. It's just you or the people in your life. Or shocking God. God. Hallelujah. Show me the other, show us the other one. Because the other one was what we said about, look, we are coming into a new season. That if you are going to have a new anointing, he said, don't go into a new place with an old attitude. Get a new wineskin. You don't put new wine in new wineskin. And uh, you was quoting that. So I think he has been following me and preaching my messages. <laughs> Praise God. So this is where the Pareto principle application comes in. And I, I want to give this to you. Just or a kind of Pareto principle. Use 80% of the application of your faith. 80% of the time you used to develop faith and exercise faith. Use it towards God. 80%. Yes, I said God. Use it towards overcoming God-related challenges. And I will show you some of them tonight. I started showing you last week. Use 15% for people-related challenges. Then if I just give devil five. That 5% is even too much. Honestly, for the devil, it's, it's too much. He doesn't deserve it. He's a defeated foe. <laughs> Glory be to God. But lest we be ignorant of his devices, we, we, we just give him something. Hallelujah. And if you follow what I'm sharing with you, honestly, if you can learn to use your faith more towards God, Satan will never even see your brake lights. I mean, that's what Apostle Paul did at the end of the day when God spoke to him. When he was telling God, ah, come and remove this turn of the flesh in my ministry. God, related to God said, ignore the devil. Ignore the devil. And that's what Apostle Paul started doing. He said, I have started boasting in my infirmities. Ignore the devil. Some of us are spending too much time fighting people that we have no business fighting. People are not your problem. Can you help me tell someone to your left and to your right? People are not your problem. That's what Adam said after he fell. It is the woman you gave me. No. Yes, we know it was Eve that gave him the fruit. But his real problem wasn't his wife. And the devil breaking you so it's not your problem. I'm telling you, Jesus has defeated Satan on your behalf. Why should Satan, someone that has been defeated still be your problem? Ah, eh, I, I, I fornicated because of the skirt she was wearing. People, oh, the devil tempted me. Yeah, you know that's the kind of excuse people will say, is the devil. And it's the way she was dressing. Oh, that's what you said. Is the, is the serpent that beguiled me. Mm -mm. Actually, Adam gave two reasons. He said, the woman you gave me. So part of his answer was correct. God. Face God. Hallelujah. So 80%. Use 80% of if you can divide your faith in a chart. What I'm trying to say is focus more on using your faith towards God. There may be towards people and people-related challenges because you have to live with people. And uh, just give Satan something to keep him busy <laughs> until his time runs out. <laughs> Can I hear a loud hallelujah? hallelujah? 
Let me get into it tonight. Genesis chapter 2. And I'm, I'm just going to take my time and flow. We'll stop where time permits us and we'll continue. So I'm just going to focus on dealing with God problems. Let me use that phrase. God problems. Or problems that are arising, challenges that are arising simply because of the way God has set things up. And you need to understand there is such a thing. We are learning from Adam. Genesis chapter 2 and Genesis chapter 3. See, we are talking about being unstoppable. Satan stopped Adam. Satan will not stop you in Jesus' name. You will fulfill your destiny in Jesus' name. Your joy will be complete. Hallelujah. You will have victory in every area of your life. The devil will not have his way in your life. He was able to stop Adam. So we should learn from Adam's mistakes and his error. But bless God, Satan could not stop the last Adam. Hallelujah. Talking about Christ. And we are patterned after Christ. So, till today, Jesus is still unstoppable. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Let's follow the examples of Jesus. And I'm going to show you where Adam made mistakes. I'm going to show you the challenges that, quote and unquote, God created for him. If I can put it that way. Where he made a mistake. Where Jesus overcame and other people in scriptures. And you can now apply that to the way you are living your life and using your faith. There's this interesting analogy Apostle Paul taught us in Galatians chapter 4. He said you don't give the inheritance to a child. That what the father does is that the father leaves the child under tutors and governors until the acceptable time. That's very interesting. Most of all of us parents here send our children to school. Do you know that when your children go to school, they are going to test them? Talk to me. Are your children going to write exams? Are they going to be disciplined? Are they going to have to apply effort to learn? That's the kind of challenges we are talking about. Can you understand that even as a parent, you give your children challenges? I'm not talking about God putting sickness and disease on you. Mm -mm. There are challenges that come from God. And it's all towards us growing up and becoming all that God wants us to do. And we have to use faith. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let me start. So, I want to show you five challenges that God brought Adam's way. And because these are God challenges or God problems in quotes, they are God-sized problems. And what I mean by that is these are big issues. Because God doesn't do small. These are major issues. And if you can learn to use your faith to respond like God wants you to do, I'm telling you life will be far better than it is. And you will really indeed be unstoppable. Challenge number one Adam had that God created for him was that God made him spirit, soul, and body. God made him spirit, soul, and body. 
I mean, if I were God, though, and the little experience I've had in my life now, just make him spirit. Don't give him flesh. That flesh is problematic. The Bible said the flesh and the spirit are always at war. Well, I started. Don't give him flesh, God, if I was to advise God, but who am I to advise God? <laughs> I mean, I love this text, and I'm going to be referring to it. I, I saw this image as I was preparing. You know, some of these Psalms, that the Psalmist will say, oh, bless the Lord um, for all his wonderful works. And in one particular Psalm, he will repeat that same phrase like 10 times or 20 times. That, that's the way I'm going to be repeating this, this scripture, Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. God in his infinite, limitless wisdom decided that the best way to create man is to make him in my image and likeness a spirit, give him a soul, and put him in a physical flesh and blood body. That creates challenges for us. That creates challenges for us. It's like you are containing something that is so explosive. The Bible said when Jesus had to come to take up flesh, he had to strip himself of his glory of God, his glory in heaven, and became like ordinary men. There's this toss between flesh and spirit. Hallelujah. Genesis 2 verse 7, and God formed man. If you remember Genesis 1:28, let us make man an image and likeness, and God blessed them, male and female. But look how he now formed man from the dust of the ground. So there is this contest, difficulty between the heavenly, the celestial, and the earthly, the, the terrestrial. And that creates problem. Not just for Adam, for you and I. Formed him out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Or like the KJV puts it, a living soul. Or like some original text puts it, a speaking spirit like God. You know what God was doing in Genesis 1? He was speaking. Speaking. And that's how God made us. But look at the challenge here. The soul God gave us and gave Adam. Adam had to train that soul. And this is where challenges start coming. The flesh that God gave Adam, Adam had to discipline the flesh. And the failure to train his soul and renew his mind and discipline his flesh that's where trouble came from. Or that's what Satan exploited. Praise God. So you are a spirit being. Adam is a spirit being. Or was a spirit being. You are a spirit being. This is a big problem for many people. Some people haven't accepted that they are spirits. You are not flesh and blood. You see, if God had made you just spirit, which is my advice, I would have given God though. And he has just given us spirits. We won't be having this conversation. Praise God. Everybody will know their spirits. But most people like Adam, they are operating on the soul realm. They are operating on the flesh realm. And you can't handle Satan that way. Because Satan himself is a spirit. Glory be to God. 
Let me hear somebody shout, I'm a spirit. I live in a body. But I am not a body. That creation brings challenges for many people. Glory, glory be to God. If you are hearing me tonight, here I hear you, sir. Spirit. Now, that God made you a spirit, please watch this. So I'm beginning to outline the challenges and where problems start arising for us. It means you have to live spiritually. That's another problem for many people. Some people haven't yet accepted that they are spirits. So they are not willing to learn to live like a spirit, to talk like a spirit, to think like a spirit. They still think they are bodies because of the way God created us. Some people just want to live life based on the intellectual realm or the emotional realm. I'm going to do it the way I feel. I can't deny the way I feel. Sir, you are not a feeling. You are not a feeling. If you live by the way you feel, you will end up in trouble like Adam. You are not a feeling. You are a spirit. What you do can have eternal consequences. Speaking spirit like God. One mistake, the entire world came crumbling down. Because you are a spirit, you are eternal. You only live in a physical body. You only have emotions. So you have to, like Romans 12 tells us, renew or train your mind. It's not mind alone, no, your soul. See, your mind is the thinking faculty of your soul. Your will is the decision-making faculty that I slap you doesn't mean you should slap me back, oh. Ah, fire for fire. <laughs> May you not end up in hellfire. Thank you, sir, for saying good amen. That I slap you doesn't mean you should slap me back, oh. You know what Jesus taught us? If they slap you, turn the other cheek. You better be careful how you make decisions. Hey, it was the woman you gave me. That she gave you the apple tree doesn't mean you should eat it. She gave me apple to eat. It's the woman you gave me. You don't know your spirit. If he remembered it was a spirit on that day, and he remembered that what it does can have eternal consequences, he won't have eaten that. Ask him when you get to heaven. But he was, ah, it's my wife. I love her. How can I say no to her? Say no. Say a very good no. <laughs> Some people don't know how to say no to their spouses. Some people, the problem is not their spouse, it's their friend at work. Say no. You are a spirit. Romans chapter 8. This is a very interesting text. And please catch the point I'm making to you here. Satan is not the one that gave Adam soul. Glory be to God. Satan is not the one that gave Adam flesh. That God, again, in his infinite wisdom, if God had asked Pastor Tiara, said, Ogasa, just make them spirit alone. Let us be floating like angels. Maybe the world will be able to, but, hey, oh, the depth of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. It's judgments are past finding out. God, I'm not trying to advise you, please. Just, I'm just trying to teach to these my lovely people. Let's read from verse 5. Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. If you are there, shout a loud amen. Okay, I have like three or four friends there. 
but I will start. The others will catch us. Watch this. Watch where challenges arise from spirit and flesh or spirit and soul. For those that live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. You see, if we are only spirit, we will not be having this conversation. There will be nothing else to set mind on. Glory be to God. But hey, we are spirits that have souls. So even though I'm a spirit, I may decide to eat the fruit. Because I feel like eating the fruit. I may decide to give them a piece of my mind. Because I feel like giving them a piece of feeling. Feeling, feeling is your soul. And you should not set, just like you should not set your minds on the things of the flesh, you should not set your mind on the things of the soul. Glory be to God. And this is how God expected Adam to live. And it was a challenge God willingly gave him. I'm going to make you my image, but I'm going to give you a capacity to think. That's your mind. I'm going to give you capacity to decide whether you eat fruit or not eat fruit. I'm going to give you that decision. And I'm going to give you feelings, emotions. Mind, will, emotions. Then I put you inside common dust flesh that is so weak. Up today, down tomorrow. And I'm going to leave you to deal with those challenges. And as I go on, I will tell you what God's plan wasn't for Adam to disobey. So they set their minds on things of the flesh, but those according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. Hallelujah. Watch verse 6 very carefully. To be carnally minded is what? What happened to Adam? He died. But to be spiritually minded is what? What happened to Christ? He rose again from the dead. And is now crowned the prince of peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Hallelujah. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. So then those that are in the flesh, they cannot what? Please God. They can't live by faith. They can't please God. And a lot of people, please look at me, church, particularly if this relates to you. I keep telling you the story of the first day I had this revelation. I'm, I'm playing it back in my mind again. When I was taught that I am a spirit being. Hey! I struggled with it for a while. (laughs) But I came to a point where I believed it. Why did I believe it? Because God said so in his word. And most importantly, I accepted it. This is what you should be using your faith for. To believe what God says about you. God says you are a spirit. God says you are his righteousness. God says you are his heir. Believe it. How? By use your faith to believe. This is what you should be spending your faith on. Not binding a witch in your village. Leave the witch in your village. Use your faith to believe that God made you in his image and his likeness. When that sets in your spirit, the witch will be the one running from you. The witch will be the one running from you. Not fighting your colleagues at work. You don't have that kind of time. You have something heavy to believe that you are made like God. It will take you forever to believe it. Forever. I'm telling you. That you are made in the image and likeness of God. It will take you forever. 
you will need all the faith in this world to believe it. You are now fighting devil or fighting man. You don't have that kind of time. 80% focus on believing what God says about you. You are a spirit. If Adam had believed that, he wouldn't be in this mess. Or acted like that. <laughs> Glory be to God. And for you to be a spirit means you have to live spiritually. So once you first believe it, you now accept the demands that come with who you are. So we should not be begging you to pray, sir. You know why we are begging people to pray? They don't know their spirits. We should not be begging you to study the word of God. You, you've not accepted that you are like God. Do they beg God to pray? Hallelujah. Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, oh, my brothers and my sisters. Can somebody shout out loud in agreement with God's word, I'm not in the flesh. Yes, I live in a physical body, but I'm not controlled by my physical body. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, does somebody believe the spirit of God dwells in them? Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. But thank God you and I have the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. We are to renew our souls. I like to say it that way to people. It's not just your mind you should train. Train your mind in the word of God to follow your spirit, not the other way around. Train your will that I slap you doesn't mean you should slap me back. That I slap you doesn't mean you should slap me. I'm not going to slap you. Please, I want to live my life. But in case you are sleeping and in your dream, Pastor T slaps you. <laughs> Glory be to God. That's your will. Train your emotions. Don't do just what you feel. Do what God's word says. a challenge to live as a spirit, soul, and body on this earth. And please catch my point too. This is Genesis 2 and chapter 3. This is not after the fall. It was end of Genesis 3 that Adam and Eve fell. This is before the fall. So this has nothing to do with the devil per se. Oh yes, the devil is involved. The devil tempted him. But if Adam and Eve had lived like spirits, Perhaps they will have overcome the temptation like Jesus overcame. Jesus will tell them, he knows who he is. I'm the son of God. Hallelujah. Think with me for a minute. I told you I'm not going to rush. So even if this is all I stay with for today, I'll, I'll be fine. I saw so many people. Ah, how can you say God is challenging us? I'm telling you God challenges you. In fact, I'm using another word now. Problem. I'm telling you, God has created a problem for you. <laughs> Praise God to wake you up. And I've explained what I mean by that. Like you create, how many of you, when you are going to write common entrance, you knew was that, hey, okay, jam. I know common entrance, jam. Is it not your parents that pay the school fees? Was jam a challenge for anybody? Even whether you passed it one time or not, how many people did jam challenge? 
And all we are trying to do is to educate our children. So, you see, our problem with many of us is the way we use our vocabulary. We were talking the other day. Pastor Inka mentioned this story that if you go to an ATM, Nigerians are particularly guilty. And you, there are 10 people there and you ask who is the last person. Nobody will answer. Because in many people's mind, last is a bad word. Ah, I don't go carry last. Who told you last is a bad word? No go carry last. <laughs> eh? Isn't Jesus' name the last Adam? May God help you to renew your mind with the word. Though. Isn't Jesus' name the last Adam? Imagine Jesus, ah, no, God, don't give me that name. Oh. Ah, I don't go carry last. So, in many people's mind, words like challenges, problem, they label it negatively. Did they give you mathematical problem when you were in secondary school? Did you shout, hey, devil? It's not the devil. It's just part of your training and developmental process. So anytime they see any challenge, my flesh is struggling with my spirit. They start blaming the devil. It's not the devil. It's the way God made you. It, there's no devil here. That your flesh is tending towards one way and your spirit is the way God... There's no devil. Don't bind any devil. Understand that that's how God made you. Understand that God wants you to live from your spirit to discipline your flesh. That's all. There's no witch in your village. They don't have your time, self. Many of you, the devil has never, your name has never come up on his radar before. Why will Satan be wasting his time on someone that doesn't even know he's a spirit? Doesn't think like a spirit? Doesn't talk like a spirit? He has already defeated you now. Did you hear the story of the guy two people came to church? One guy was asking God for 1,000 naira. And one guy was asking for 1 billion. And they were praying, and the guy said, Stop, 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 take your 1,000 naira. Let God hear better prayer. Go home. We've solved your problem. I'm telling you, if you don't know your spirit, Satan, you are not on his radar. He doesn't know you. You don't talk like a spirit. That demon told the seven sons of Siva, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? We've never had your own tongues now. We've never had you speak with us. In the spirit world, you don't matter. He beats them and chased them out. That your flesh and your spirit are talking is no devil. It's the way God made you. Hello? And it's a challenge God purposely created for you to help you to train your spirit to live like the way God created you. It's like your children sending you to go and read Almighty formula. How many of you Almighty formula challenged you? Uh -uh. I ran away from additional mathematics so when I got to form 5, the maths alone, we are still panting for air. Then I say addition, additional what? <laughs> additional what? Think about this, please. Think about this. Do you know the challenges human beings are facing with sexual immorality? Fornication, adultery, masturbation, pornography. Question. And many of them will say it's the devil. Lo. It's not the devil, sir. It's God that puts sexual appetite inside of you. That's the way you are made. That's the way you are made. If you live like a spirit, you'll be able to tame that desire. 
What Satan, if at all, is exploiting is that you don't know you're a spirit that can discipline the appetite of your flesh. You don't know. Think about food. Those of us now that are, by the grace of God, now finally putting on weight, it's a challenge. Person in that started another diet again. Let me lick a secret. It's a challenge because if you don't, <laughs> who gave you appetite to eat? And you know, sexual desire has its place. God planned it for marriage. Feeding has its place. For sick, you will know how valuable your appetite is. So that God made us spiritual and body understand that it has challenges. God challenges. God-sized challenges. And we should be using our faith. Because we have to overcome those challenges. So if you don't overcome sexual abuse, you will have slept with 10 women before you knew it. I was thinking about this. Look, if all of you start smoking in this service now, if I come and smoke in front of me, apart from the fact that I will just be considering my health, it doesn't tempt me one bit. But please, listen, listen, listen. All of you just became women with solid shape. And all of you strip naked. I will shout, I will pray for my life. <laughs> I have no appetite for smoking, but I have appetite for sex. And I should know that. And I should tame that. It's a challenge God gave me. God gave me sexual appetite. God gave all of us sexual appetite. God gave you food appetite. And he wants you to train it and tame it. If you don't, that's when Satan can now exploit. So the problem is really not Satan, no. The problem is your lack of knowing who you are and living the way God expects you to live. So stop using your faith to fight. Hey, I, I bind that devil. Hey, mm -mm. Use your faith to believe who God says you are. I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I'm made in the image and likeness of God. Use your faith to face that. And accept the challenges and the demand that creation places on you. You have to be spiritual. You have to renew your mind. This one that you go two months without reading Bible. It's because you don't know who you are. This one that you go one week without prayer. You don't know who you are. See, the moment you know you are a spirit, sir, you, we won't, the prayer will be flowing naturally. You will have spoken in tongues before you knew what you are saying. But you see, it takes faith to believe that you are a spirit made like God. <laughs> Forever faith. Then it takes faith to accept the responsibility of being a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Because that will require you to train your soul and discipline your flesh. That's what you should be using your faith for. And not a witch is chasing me in the village. They are chasing you because you don't know who you are. I've shared this story with us. Before I got born again, I found out the name of the sickness. I used to be paralyzed. I would wake up 
and I'll be paralyzed in my sleep. I can't remember the name. It's, it's a medical condition. I didn't know that until just a few years ago. Then I started learning these things. And I started learning things like God loves me and God will protect me. I will tell you the last day that thing happened. I woke up in my bed in the middle of the night, paralyzed. I couldn't move. But rather than being afraid and worried that one devil will come and kill me, I just said, Satan, you can't touch me. I'm God's child. And I slept back. It never came back till tomorrow. The moment my faith came to the point where I knew who I was, which devil will come and touch God when God is sleeping? There's no need for prayer. Some things you are praying for, sir. In fact, you are reporting yourself to the devil and to God that you don't know who you are. You are reporting yourself. Ah, see how ignorant this my daughter is. Okay, mercy, mercy, mercy. God help you if Satan passes by and hears that prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me hear somebody shout, I'm a spirit. I have a, spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Check what Paul said in that text we read in Romans 8. He said people that are carnal or people that live according to the flesh, they are in enmity against who? No, not Satan. This is what I will call the wisdom of the devil. What Satan does for the most part, because Satan doesn't have any power of his own. That's number one. Number two, he has been defeated. Number three, he's under your feet. In that garden, Satan did not have any power over Adam and Eve. He had been defeated. God had cast him out of heaven. He was under the authority. God told Adam, I'll get into that, tend and keep this garden. If Adam had been diligent with his job, the devil wouldn't have had the opportunity to tempt his wife. Whom, by the way, if he had taught well, like I'm teaching you now, maybe she wouldn't have been deceived. That's what the Bible said. Eve didn't know. She was deceived. Adam knew what he was doing. His own was treason. Adam wasn't an ignorant problem. It was either an unbelief problem or a slothfulness problem. I think more of slothfulness. He was just not diligent. I think so. I will ask him when I get to heaven. We will drink cappuccino together and I will tell him to explain himself. <laughs> See, when you don't believe what God says about you and you don't talk like that and think like that and act like that and live, you and God will be clashing every time. At certain we'll just be looking at you and laughing. I've got this one. Let me go on to the next person. I said, if you marry a wrong husband or wicked husband or difficult husband and wife, Satan will leave you alone because he has settled your case. When you don't know who God has made you, Satan will leave you alone. He has settled your case. You and God will just be clashing. And I'm telling you, the devil is not your problem. God is your problem. That's what he was saying there. Enmity against God. That's what will be happening. God is saying, ah, Pastor T, you're a spirit. I say, no, I'm flesh and blood. Hey, Pastor T, you have a, a motority over heaven. And I say, hey, you say this Nigerian economy. How can I survive? Nigerian economy is under your feet. How's he saying you, you are the possessor? God is saying you are possessor of heaven and earth. You are saying, ah, oh God, I don't have a job. Hey, you don't know yourself. And that's where you should be using your faith for. Lord, 
grant me revelation. Start confessing, I'm a spirit made like God. It may take you a while. That's what you should be using your faith for. That's what you should be using your faith for. In the process of dealing with this challenge of disciplining your flesh, because that's the challenge God has given us. Look at what Apostle Paul said. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. I discipline my body. See, the solution for the body is not the solution for the devil. You cast out the devil. You can't cast out your flesh. Some, some <laughs> religions try to do that. Ah, I was looking at that woman that was walking on the street with very high skirt. They now get to my and start beating the body. Oh, God, God, let me cast out this desire. You can't. You can't cast out the desire. When you see an attractive woman, and man, you should, and you should look. That's how God made you. Well, I don't know whether you should look. <laughs> but you get my point. Let me rephrase. You will look. When you catch yourself looking, don't cast out the... You can't cast out the desire. If you don't eat for a few hours, you will be hungry. Hey, I'm glutinous. No, no, no. It's appetite. God put it inside your body. There is no, there is no prayer you can pray that you won't have appetite. There is no prayer you can pray that if you're a man, you will not look. You will look. God put it there. You now need faith to develop discipline, which many people don't do. They don't even try it. Come to church early, they are still fighting. Use faith because you need discipline. You can never undo this flesh without discipline. It's not prayer, it's discipline. It's not binding the witch in your village. It is discipline. That's what it is. It is discipline. That's what God... You see, this is the challenge God gave Adam. Train your mind, your will, and your emotions. Train them to be led and to follow your spirit. Discipline your body. It's a challenge. And it's not a devil challenge. God gave it to us. It is almighty formula. So that you can come out of secondary school and have GCEO level. And I'm going to number five. Oh, this is just point one. I discipline my body. And you can add to that my soul. That is my mind, my will, and my emotions. And bring it into subjection. Subjection to what? To my spirit. Hallelujah. Ah, I don't know how to do it. This way you need your faith. That's what I'm teaching. You use your faith. First of all, to believe your spirit. And to accept this responsibility. To train your soul and discipline your body. That's what you need faith for. That's the faith fight you'll be fighting in August if you have never fought it before. Not the witch in your village. You know this one, the witch in your village, she won't even see you. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become stopped or disqualified like Adam. You will not be disqualified or stopped in Jesus' name. I love what Gamaliel, ah, and I need to close. What he told the Sanhedrin. 
Please, I'm talking about you fighting God. Many people, it is not the devil, oh, I'm telling you. If you don't live spiritually, as any, you and God will be clashing. Because the problem is you don't believe what God has said about you. You don't. You are in unbelief, you are in rebellion. You, just be, you, you are going to be stumbling on God. Instead of allowing God to lift you up. You know God resists the proud. And he lifts the humble. So when the apostles started preaching. Acts chapter 9. Read the story there. Particularly from verses 4 and 5. Sorry I said Acts chapter 9. Um, Acts chapter. I think it's Acts chapter 5. Hallelujah. Now Acts chapter 9 was Paul. Well he, he told them something. They wanted to shut down the apostles from preaching. I said, ah, please, look, there was one Simeon that came that said he was from God. We didn't even pay attention to him. After a while, his rebellion was canceled. There's another guy that came that said he's got nothing. He said, leave this man. If what they are saying is not from God, it will scatter like the other people. But if it is God, you can't stop them unless you'll be fighting God. You don't fight God. You will lose 1,000%. You can't, you, what do you have that you want to use to fight God? God says you're a spirit. You're arguing, I'm a flesh. You can't win that fight. What do you do? So I'm closing with that. What is the appropriate faith response to this God challenge that all of us have? Somebody say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. How should you respond? Number one, I've been saying it, but let me wrap it up here. Believe you are who God says you are. My life changed though. I will not deceive you, my precious brethren. When I believed I'm a spirit and I have a soul and I live in a body. And I have also observed the more I work on myself to live spiritually, to, to, to just live like a spirit, the more I train my soul, I don't slap people that slap me back. Train and discipline my soul. And the more I, mean, the more I train, and discipline, and train and discipline my flesh, I found out that the more victorious I become. And I don't have to speak any word to any devil. Because I'm flowing with God. I'm not clashing with God. I'm not in enmity with God. God is going north. I'm going north. Because I believe. I believe it. How did I believe it? By faith. You can't believe this thing without faith. They won't teach you in secondary school now. What they'll be analyzing for you is your body. You have kidney. You have liver. Which is okay. But that's just a minute part of your being. And that is not even really you. It's only God that can tell you that you are like me. Hallelujah. Believe in the way God created you and the way God recreated you. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, because we are not just created spirits, so we are recreated spirits, Christians. Genesis 1.26, God made us man in his image. New Testament, God recreated us. We are the last Adam order. And we are not like Nigerians that are afraid of the word last. 
In fact, we, we carry last. We embrace the name. Say with me, I'm, I'm the last Adam mother. Because we understand what last means. In our kingdom, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. We are not afraid of the word last. Nigerians can be afraid of the word last. They are not going to carry last. Hey, you, you don't know anything yet. You don't know anything yet. Last Adam. The one that can never fail. The one that can never fail. That's what the word last means in the Bible. It's not a bad word. It's not last in primary school. <laughs> Somebody said, I renew my mind with the word. <laughs> See, there are some of these things, they are just, they are just ignorant spiritually, I'm telling you. They are just spiritually ignorant. Some people are afraid of the word old. <laughs> if not some people are talking about it's like old wine. Old is not a bad word. In their old days, they will still be bearing fruit. There are scriptural words for old that are good. Ephesians 4 verse 24. I wish I had time to read from verse 20, so I will give you that as assignment. You put on the new man. This is what you use your faith for. I put on the new man, which is created according to God. Say with me, I'm created according to God. Or I'm created like God. And you understand that this is talking about the recreation in Christ. Created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Glory be to God. Say that's what God says I am. That's what who God says I am. And I believe it. So that's, first, that's what you should be doing with your faith. To be believing this thing, to be confessing this thing, to be walking around Lagos and telling yourself, I'm a spirit like God. Thinking that way. That when trouble comes, you're telling yourself, hmm, how will God deal with this matter? You should, that's what you should be using your faith for. If you 80% of your faith, in fact, I think I should bring it to 90 now. Give people 7%, give devil 3%. Of praying all night, prayer. I bind the devil. I bind the devil. Ah, you are reporting yourself. Pray all night, prayer. God, I'm like you. That's what you should be praying. Number two thing you should do: faith response. I'm going to be giving you, as I give you the problem, I will give you one or two things you can do. Number two thing you should do is surrender. Surrender. That's this is what God was telling Paul in Apostle um, in Acts chapter nine. Apostle Paul was rolling up and down the place, threatening the church. Thinking he was defending the, the old covenant. Acts chapter, chapter, Acts chapter 9, God appeared to him. He got blinded and everything. Please listen to the conversation he and God had again and the story. Acts 9 from verse 4. Then he, Paul, fell to the ground, had a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. You see, Saul was in enmity with God. Was trying to stop what God was trying to establish. I hope somebody is not that stupid here. Don't stand in the way of what God is doing. Don't even be a bad bystander. Dive in and contribute. 
You know, we are doing two services in church. Don't be a bystander. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. I'm helping you. It's not even enough to be a bystander because there's no middle ground in the realm of the Spirit. So even if till now you have been like Paul, resisting God, you better do what Paul did. Who are you, Lord? Now I understand that I can't be fighting God. Listen to what God told him, which is the main thing I want to bring out of this story. Hallelujah. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. You only find this in the King James Version and the older version. New translations left it out. But you see it in the King James. You see it in the authorized translation. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. Not gods, gods, G-O-A-D-S. You don't use gods in your everyday language. So let, let's read Amplified. It will break it down for us. This is what Amplified said. It is dangerous. Dangerous. I think dangerous is a more serious word than hard. And it will turn out badly for you to be kicking or to keep kicking against the God. What's a God? Something that points you in a direction. It, it's, a, it's, it's a sharp object. Really, what it's speaking of is things God puts inside of you. The creation of God. You can never win the battle. You can never. So what did Paul do? Paul, Paul do is surrendered. God, you have arrested me today. You have caught me. That's what to do. Don't fight what God says. I, I don't know it. I don't understand it. That's why you need faith. So you, if you are one of the people that don't know your spirit, don't talk like a spirit, don't think, let me give you what will take your life to another dimension. That will make you unstoppable. Start believing it. Surrender to it. Read these scriptures I'm sharing with you over and over again until you are arrested. Hallelujah. Surrender to it. Accept the way God has created you or recreated you and learn to live that way. Listen to what the Holy Ghost told me. Very interesting. Do you know, and I know some of you struggle with it, so I'll give it to you as we are closing. I'll go and throw it at home. The Christian that is struggling with the revelation that I'm a spirit and doesn't want to live like a spirit. And all these LGBTQ people that claim God made me as a man, but I'm a woman. You know, you are two of you are in the same boat. They are just in first class cabin. And you are, you are in economy, but you are in the same boat. Two of you are arguing with God's creation. In fact, it's the other way around. They are in the economy, you are in first class cabin. Because they are arguing about a physical condition. You are arguing about a spirit condition. You are in first class cabin. You, are, you, are, you, you can't kick against the gods. What God has, you see, what Paul was trying to do is the passion God gave him to serve God. Paul was using it to destroy the church out of ignorance. So now relax. You can't be fighting what I put inside of you. You can't stop the church. Hello? I'm the one that created the church. This, yeah, 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 you, you know, fighting church, you're fighting me. Let me even digress. Please, because we say God. Hey, when you hear the word God, you know God is in heaven. 
you must understand that it also means, number one, the word of God. You can't find the word of God. Number two, it means the spirit of God. You can't find the Holy Ghost. You will lose. Number three, it means the church of God, the body of Christ. God and his body are one. Number four, it means the servants of God. Don't join all these Facebook rascals that abuse pastors. Oh, I don't care whether you call the pastor red-handed. I beg you, don't join them. Even if it is your job as a police officer. You know those men that they sent to come and arrest Elisha? The first one, fire, fire, fire. The last one, I, I beg. <laughs> I'm on errand. <laughs> Out of respect for God. Don't fight pastors. Oh. Don't fight the church. A local church or the global church. Don't fight the word of God. You know I'm preaching Bible. It's not Quran I'm using. Just learn to surrender to it. I, I'm a spirit. Hey, I didn't know. Ah, let me start my life again. Let me start a new beginning. Don't fight the Holy Ghost. It is dangerous. And it will turn out badly. It will not turn out badly for anybody under the sound of my voice. Because you will align to God. That's what you need to do. So let me show you five ways you can surrender. And we'll close tonight. Rise on your feet. I'll give you these five things and then we are done for tonight. Number one. So what we are saying is that you should embrace the responsibility to live as a new creation in Christ. That's what I mean by you surrender. Believe your spirit, surrender to what God has said, and start learning to live like a spirit. Start being spiritual. So, what does that mean? Live as the righteousness of God in true holiness. Ephesians 4 that we read, verses 20 to 24. You know that thing Reverend K is always teaching us? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what you should be saying about yourself. And use your faith to believe it. I'm as right as God is, I have right standing with God. I'm as right as Jesus is. How did I get it? Mercy. Favor. All I'm doing is I'm believing it. True righteousness and holiness. And out of that I can live holy. Use your faith to live holy. That's what you should be using your faith for. To live holy. To live as righteousness of God. That's why you should be building faith. Not a witch in your village. Not people. Yeah, I don't know how to fight people. Number two, be spiritual. Renewing your mind. And by renewing, what the Bible means, training your mind. Part of it is coming from meetings like this. And disciplining your body. Ah, I don't feel like fasting. Mm -mm, I'm a spirit. We tell the body we are not eating today. You discipline the body. So you don't eat what you're not supposed to be eating. Like Adam and Eve. Number three, it means live by faith and walk in love. And as I wrote that, God added this caveat for me at all times. 
at all times. That's what spirits do. We live by faith and walk in love. We don't slap people that slap us back. We don't show them fire for fire. You are not, you don't know who you are. That's what they came. They said, ah, God, should we call fire down from heaven? This village, they say, ah, no, you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. I'm going to show them. Don't show anybody. (laughs) Number four. This was Adam's error. Exercise dominion and authority. That serpent had no business in his garden. That serpent had... I'm going to teach you something very interesting. He has access, but he has no business. Exercise dominion, watch. And again, devil, you should be giving devil just 3%. Where should I be exercising dominion? Towards heaven. On the earth. And towards hell. And hell should just be 3%. In fact, let's make it down to 1%. 95% of your dominion talking to God. Bringing heaven agenda to the earth. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Lord, let there be souls saved in this church. That's what you should be using your faith for. Because God wants souls saved. Using faith towards heaven on the earth. And just so that you can keep the devil busy before his time runs out. 1%. Not that 90% of our prayer. We bind devil. 10% we bind our enemies. Enemy die, enemy die. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. Looking for enemies. For where? So this is the embracing the responsibility to live as a new creation. I'm only giving you five because of time. Number one is to live as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus in true holiness. Oh, it's okay to start and you are still stumbling. But as you grow in this thing, you get to a point where he that is born of God doesn't sin. And that doesn't mean you may not sin or make mistakes, so. But it's not coming from, I mean, you just, when was the last time I deliberately did something I knew was wrong? You can't remember. Number two, be spiritual. That includes renewing your mind and disciplining your body. It's a challenge. But it's not a devil challenge. It's a challenge God gave you. So that you can, and this is just, actually this is kindergarten. No? This is kindergarten. But it's God-sized kindergarten. You know, I told you that it's their God-sized problem. All this is just kindergarten. And we, you will see what we'll talk about next week. Number three, live by faith and walk in love at all times. Somebody say at all times. Oh, that means, in case you don't get it, if you are angry with anybody now, forgive them. Be like your father in heaven. Forgive them. Leave them. Forgive. I, mean, I don't have any... I mean, I live in what I call advanced forgiveness. Before you offended me, I forgive you 10 years ago. Advanced. I may be yelling at you, but inside I'm loving you. Advanced forgiveness. Anybody that thinks I'm fighting them, they're wasting their time. Go and ask God. I'm praying for you. I'm not fighting you. I pray for enemies, sir. Like Jesus. They are nailing you to the tree. <coughs> You are saying, Father, forgive them. That's, that's people that know who they are. 
Not that, hey, they're naming to the street. You two look for your own nail and nail them on the other side. Yeah. Behaving like a Osho Diagbero. Exercise dominion, particularly towards heaven. God, what's your agenda in heaven now? I receive it, we enforce it on earth. Then you dash Satan 1%. And this is what that means. When you surrender to this truth, this is what it means. Live like a son. You are not a slave. You have been forgiven of all your debts. You use your faith to believe it. Live like a son. Live like an heir. I own everything. Because my father owns everything. Statements like I'm world number one should not be shaking you. That's who you are. And that you have no manifestation is totally irrelevant. Because it's by faith. We use faith for what we can see. But God said that we believe. And we have accepted don't need manifestation. If you are still looking like Thomas, let me see the hole in your side. Ah, that's flesh people that have not passed the test God gave us. Made us spirit but gave us flesh to train us. Live like a son or a daughter. Live like an heir and live like more than a conqueror. By faith. So I don't have the money. But we have paid this thing. <laughs> we have unsearchable riches. We have conquered this challenge. How can you talk about that? By faith. How can you say it? God said it? See, that's what you should be using faith for. Leave those hands. Give God praise tonight if you learned anything. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.